it's Sunday morning and I'm coming in hot. So I just was reading the Wall Street Journal and a couple interesting stories in the in the main section. Uh, Trump is what you might call cock blocking Biden by not declaring him the official president elect because some crazy fucking shit is going down and no one wants to cover it, which makes everyone super suspicious. And so now Biden can't access any federal funding and he's so he's just like a, <laughs> it's just a senile old man. Uh <laughs> playing pretend president in his basement. And uh you know, and if Trump wins, Trump wins. I think it's hilarious either way. And especially because, if not only because our national media is not covering this allegation as the trial of the century. Instead, every, this is the pre-gulag we all live in right now, where you go onto YouTube and you Google, you know, I heard about the press conference, I saw maybe a couple of seconds of it live, and came back days later to like, so, okay, what is, what, what actually was said, and I heard a lot of, you know, I follow a lot of people that broke it down um, fully. But I go to YouTube to watch it, and I start typing in Giuliani, and like the first thing that pops up and auto suggests is the uh, Giuliani and Borat or something like that. And I'm like, there, this is insane. This is the bombshell allegation of our lifetime, and the biggest political scandal in the history of the country, allegedly, and. Borat is still trending. That guy's stupid movie that was like all about it was like so pedo. I couldn't watch the past fifteen minutes. He's like, he get his great idea is like sex traffic his daughter into high society, American political like society. And I'm like, I one joke was too much. And I'm like, okay, he's a he's a uh, shock comic, but then. It, it became, in like a minute, it became clear this is going to be a theme of the show, the movie. And I'm like, see ya, Borat. I do not need that going into my brain. Thank you. Garbage in, garbage out. Like, I believe, I like to believe that anyway. I run, I live by that. And so, uh, I click Giuliani. It's like the fourth thing for his own name. Okay, weird. I click on it, and the whole, I'm on my phone, the whole front page of YouTube is all about his hair dye leaking on his temples. One video from like Bloomberg's like junior league channel is up full, but there's um, 14,000 ads in there straight up every three seconds. And so they're just milking it. It's just like a pure shrewd business move. And that's like number seven out of 10. So it's like near the bottom of the front page. Everything else is some stupid, not not stupid. These are smart people. But some poor schmuck who has to make fun of this as news of the day, has to find the liberal joke in it, has his team of writers, 
And so they say the first, same like three things. And, you know, and this poor, <laughs> poor Giuliani goes and gets a haircut before his big press conference. This is probably the biggest press conference of his life. And, you know, they, the barber probably said, and who doesn't get a haircut right before big things? It happens all the time. You want to, you know, you got the checklist, you got to get sharp. And his barber probably was like, hey, you want me to touch up that uh, the gray spot, Julie? And Julie was like, yeah, sure, yeah. And he just got a little overzealous, overzealous, you know? It wasn't like a whole lot was bleeding. It was just probably bright under those lights. And uh, and then that was it. And so on YouTube, that's all you read. All you see are nothing from YouTube. This is the garbage part about YouTube right now. It wants, it, it's trying to get TV and in an effort to court TV studios and get the content. It's got to carry their content now, right? And and so it's got to promote their content. And so it's all the b- bad corporate comics that crappy corporate comics that are on the front page and there's you know there's like gold in youtube it has some of the best content in the world but it's nowhere you would never be able to find it and so i've heard normal people are talking they have no idea what's going on they don't know the status of the lawsuits they don't know which one they don't know it's supposedly over but then you read an article right like that and you're like oh no 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 we got we got things to 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 settle there's like allegations of a of uh of a, some software is called hammer and scorecard there's allegations of data being moved internationally through you know the weakest means if you ever want to just know what's actually happening in a non-biased way honestly all you have to do is google dominion voting systems and search for videos before the election this election and there is a long history of everybody, PBS, 60 Minutes, CBS, that are all covering how, <laughs> like, hey, they do a whole five-minute section on voter fraud. And it's always like, yeah, these 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 uh, devices, they come, and if you sneeze on them, they break. If you plug in a phone nearby in the room you can hack it by accident they're they're really finicky they're really finicky and then it's like thank you for your time tonight and it just keeps happening so everybody knows dominion's a pile of garbage and now they're not showing up to a a senate hearing in the pennsylvania state court (laughs) and they're like people are dropping the name dominion from their linkedin people are leaving the office it's like Oh, it does not look good. It looks like it looks like they're guilty as fuck. And then here's the one allegation, <clears throat> and these are supposedly all in affidavits. And you don't present your your uh, evidence before the court case because then that's, from what I understand, that's your that's everything. What evidence you have, first you get as much evidence as you can, and then you can then you know what you can prove, and then you can inject the differences and try to weave a story that covers all the evidence that depending on your side of the court is either well is is depending on that side of the court is either for the argument or against it, and then depending on your place in history is either right or wrong. 
And um, the craziest one to me is actually this will all come out in court. I don't know why no one's covering allegations by professional lawyers at the highest level of their game. But uh, this was like a shell company made to make voting irregularities sell fraudulent voting. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. And so this, like, would not only vindicate Trump, um, let me just put it this way. Like, every 14-year-old boy would get a Trump tattoo. You know what I Like, he would become Rambo. And if, like, a Venezuelan, right? And, like, Biden, God bless you, man. But, bro, calm. Like, you need to rest? Like, honestly, seems like a decent guy that doesn't know what's going on. You know, poor guy ain't gonna make it till June, either way, under the pressure of the presidency. So it, it is really a death sentence for him. I mean, the stress has ages people. And it's just going to accelerate his obviously mental decay that's already accelerating. And it's, you hate to see it, you know? Oh, man. So that was crazy. And it's hilarious then to me that Trump is like, nope. (laughs) You don't get, you don't get funding. So now he's like open to being hacked. Okay. There was some other minor stories, but here's the thing. Maybe I should set a marker to jump in for that's a natural point for a pause. Pathway. Cool. So today's Wall Street Journal. There is a story by Ben Foldy. I haven't read it, and I kind of want to stay ignorant to it as I give you my opinion and then and then kind of parse through it quickly. There's too much stuff going on to have a deep opinion about anything anymore. You really got to scan quickly and drop ideas quickly so you can develop the right idea as, as long as you need to for it to be effective. I think about ideas for so long before I truly, before anything really happens, you know, I'll implement early almost immediately if I know by now, I know by now what's a good idea. So I'll try to, I'll test it out immediately, but to get anything off the ground, just have the system and parts and pieces. And it's, it's, uh, complex, but regardless, 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 um, we all need to think faster. The race is on. So this is a big major story in the exchange section. 11 electric vehicle challengers were vying to become the biggest thing since Tesla. Fueled by billions of dollars in investment from Wall Street, they can't all win. Now, this is what drives me and everybody not participating, which is 99.9% of the world, um, up a wall and crazy and the absolute worst, not the worst thing, but one of the greatest inefficiencies with modern capitalism, right? That's what I should call this episode. 
the inefficiencies of capitalism. Because look, I'm looking at one, I mean, 11 beautiful, real working, for, you know, pilot, uh, maybe limited run or prototype run cars, electric vehicles. And you got everything from pickup trucks to big SUVs to little cars to a fully autonomous like minivan, a, a utility like a delivery truck, right? Couple sedans, like beautiful cars. And none of them should go out of business. Listen to me, fucking Wall Street. We can't be making, you know how wasteful it is to manufacture a fucking car that doesn't go to production, to go through prototyping, and to go to limited capacity, and all of the not, you know, you're not putting much material cost into the prototypes yet, but the man hours, and more importantly, the money that could have gone somewhere else. You could have changed lives with your other investments if they were successful. And the human capital costs that went into this cannot be wasted. None of these cars should go out of business. This is my ultimate gripe with capitalism. How everyone pursues the market. Nobody knows what the market wants or can't. From the outside, it's unclear who the market wants. And you just go at breakneck speed until someone makes it. And you tell the biggest accurate story you can, and you raise as much money as you can to be there first, to get to the unknown locale of, quote, market demand with a unknown product that, quote, fits the market demand, right? The product market fit is ultimately the person with the key, the very unique product that unlocks the market opportunity. And so, you know, and I, and I should say these, all these people will, it used to drive me nuts, crazy nuts. And then you think about it actually for a minute and you realize it's actually not that materially, ecologically, um, ecologically impactful compared to the lifetime of all the products that might get built out of all these product lines. But it is kind of crazy to watch all these companies compete and put in all this effort and man hours working jobs that people, other people would kill to have. The financial, the income gap has created two different worlds. When I was on the other side of the income gap, the majority side, the 90% side, where you do not feel secure at all financially, or to, to varying degrees, you do not feel secure financially to varying degrees, you would see all these companies competing for market dominance and you know, they would just like Betamax versus VHS and you have to go head to head and you'd have to figure it out. And then one drops away and you, all that effort's wasted. But from this side of the fence, you realize 
there's no better way to do it. And there's no better people to do it. And there's no better shot to make than the shots people make doing these really, really tough things. That honestly, if anyone was a good candidate for a corporation, like you will get found out. This is a tough thing. We are not teaching ourselves as a society. Like I will, um, I will uh, colloquially, I would temporarily, I would conditionally agree to the fact that every concern the left has is true. The, the fact still remains that we tend to get what we can handle in life. Most people can't handle showing up on time, putting in consistent effort, God forbid taking a risk. The fact of the matter is employees that hate their retail jobs, like the people that, there's plenty of people that don't. And when you don't hate your job, you, you don't hate work, ultimately. You don't find work humiliating, ultimately. Then you get to corporate level as fast as humanly possible. It's literally like all that's required. People in corporate America are not the smartest people. They're not the uh, most enthusiastic. They're not the most anything except willing to work in a corporate setting. Willing to... Work quietly with others to accomplish totally mundane tasks. Work well with others. And the more willing you are to work well with others, like you get sucked into high paying positions very quickly. And if you're if you can work if you can lead others well your own small team, then you're, then you're VP material. If you can't lead a group of four or five people, up to 10 people, you can't be a VP, right? I'm very early in that transition to leading others. And it is a jump to go from one to two, zero to two people. It's like, and it requires a lot of emotional intelligence and maturity that I I might have had the intelligence but I did not have the maturity Oof. very tough thing but it had to be done I had to become the person that could do it so that I could do it so that I could get paid <laughs> I mean, ultimately right it's amazing what HR interviews are really like so you know kind of having crossed that gap and now I look back at this story and I was kind of, you know, <clears throat> triggered by it, the inefficiencies of capitalism. I'm like, ooh, that'll be a good title. And yes, there are inefficiencies, but like, damn, it could not, it's so hard to make one vehicle, let alone 11. And so my greatest wish now 
since I'm letting go of that ignorant mindset, my greatest wish now, and let me actually button up that story. It's like literally anybody can join the economy if they wear business casual clothes, like from Kohl's, like not expensive, you know, uh, Old Navy. Business casual clothes, khakis, button up top, uh, you know, black or brown shoes, black or brown belt, right? Cheap as possible. It does not matter how much you pay. As long as you just wear those things. Haircut, cut, trim nails, right? And you're willing to be told what to do. Because you could literally walk into then any company, eventually any situation, and you're dressed business casual, so they're going to be like, okay, you're not crazy, come on in. And as, and then, like, what do you think an internship is? It's like, hey, can you tell me what to do? Because I don't know how to do the stuff you guys do. And quickly you realize, my God, man, people's jobs are so complicated. It's insane. Modern life is so complicated the amount of technology and laws and people and complexity is out of control and it's not easy it is very exhausting because it's a level of thought and consideration that you have to put in and sustaining that indefinitely there's a bunch of stuff you have to keep track of and move around so and, and plenty of people Right? Look at it. 11. Think about this. The smartest people, you know, parentheses, roughly, of a lot of smart people, a lot of smart people were gathered around 11 projects to launch. No, these aren't flying cars, right? Just electric vehicles that could both be manufactured first, be manufactured at scale, meaning be designed and built in such a way that their parts could be mass produced and assembled into a safe car, which is really the hardest part about selling cars. And then be made to look, made to fit a function that people already buy vehicles for so they can start getting some car sales there. And then third, look as great as possible. So it stands out. elicits some sort of emotional response that people like it, works really well, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I mean, how many of these, like, uh, who was the one? Nicola was caught overstating some facts or something and probably said their fuel cell technology will be early, done earlier than it will be, their core technology. But, um, Maybe two or three of these will survive and all but one will be bought by someone else and kind of incorporated. One will become the next Ford. You know, if they're lucky. The next, not even Kia. Yeah, Kia Soul. They're not going to become the next Tesla. They would literally have to have Elon Musk on their board and license his platform, which I don't know why they're not doing. It's actually kind of hilarious. I'm sure they all are disciples of Tesla. But 
I, I do wonder actually in the, the chassis in the car industry car manufacturing is the worst you have to make so many of these flipping things and they are so expensive to make money and the beauty is <clears throat> because it only works at a very large scale if it works you make a lot of money but if it it's a very delicate business it's not um robust and it requires many lines of cars to meet in uh modern demand for the many types of kind of drivers you have to crash a bunch of these cars right off the lot to make sure they're safe so you've got to have like hundreds of millions in testing budget and it's a commodity everyone the, the financing is available for everybody so you can go get anybody can go get any car practically you know it's a nightmare it's a true nightmare you have to be insane to want to do it i would love the younger me would have loved to have um the, the younger me would have loved to have started a car company but now my dream has because that was my dream for a long time almost the last five years ten years but the fact of the matter is oftentimes and everyone should have a dream that is their dream that's the biggest version of their life that could not happen by definition won't happen for 20 years you know what i'm saying and it needs to be just i think really broad big idea the biggest idea that you would like your life to, to end up in right so mine was starting a a starting a hover car business and you know that's a crazy dream and the point of the exercise is to have an end point in 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 the future that you are on your trajectory to have an end trajectory and have it be so far out there that it cannot happen so you cannot worry about how it's going to happen and to think about what would excite you in like the biggest deepest sense and it's a cartoonish point right that is possible people have done it but it's by definition will become an idea that's so big that would be very hard to achieve because statistics are almost zero but you're not worrying about the statistics because it's not about knowing how you're going to get there it's not about taking that part seriously at all it's just about having kind of a your biggest reel out there and so mine for the last 10 years has been start a car company you know what i mean be a car boss like what cooler cartoonish version of a ceo is there right but then there's elon musk and he, it's like a thing for men and i don't know nothing and i don't know how blah 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 and when i say a hover car this is how crazy it is is because there might be technologies out there to make cars hover and i'm like how cool would it be to do that right and so the more i talked about making a car company the more i realized that is not my disposition. I do not want to bother. That is so much work 
forget it. And like my idea, my childish idea kind of just melted right there. But it'd be cool to make hoverboard uh, kits for cars. And have like an R&D shop. This is now my my dream is to have like an industrial uh I want a building, a big tall building with a mini corp on it and have it be like a R&D industrial uh you know licensing company that comes up with these dope products and then works with a manufacturers to make them and get them for specific you know industries and oh god that's like i would affect us gdp i have so many ideas i have so many ideas based on like outlandish but seemingly possible physics at least uh partially explored or or, or elucidated physics and so back to capitalism though it breaks your heart to see all this effort go to waste all these cars should be on the road but at the same time launching a car it's something ford does like like multiple times a quarter they're launching new cars i mean the new 2020 this 2021 that right so they're constantly launching new cars and then by virtue of their you know latest model but then they are going through like you know some percentage of their product line is being is gutted destroyed and then there's like new stuff added and so you're getting this turnover i don't know 10 20 percent of the cars they sell a year are brand new like never before built and so they're just doing it constantly what is obviously really hard to do and um, I just wish more people could get involved in the economy. You know, if is there a way for any of these companies to be competitive and make them in America? I mean, Tesla has proven that. That would be dope. And hopefully with uh, Trump's tariffs, it's more economical. Like, the American consumer can afford an expense, more expensive car. So, you know, we're like paying for our own usage by virtue of, that's the crazy thing, by virtue of what? Of our expenditure, which comes from our earnings, which is based on, you know what I mean? So, I wonder who's going to win. Man. I don't know. Stock market bubble? It's more like a fire. <laughs> I don't know how normal people are dealing with this quarantine, but I'm, I'm having a ball. We got Rivian Automotive out of Irvine. $5.3 billion raised since 2009. Lucid Motors. More than a billion raised since 2007. Peter, oh, is that? Newark, California. Lordstown Motor Corp. 
Lordstown, Ohio. 2019, 4.4 billion. Nice pickup truck. Used to hire more than a thousand workers and retool a massive plant before entering an increasingly crowded electric truck market. Ten billion raised for no Nicola. Um, Two point four billion raised by Canoe Inc. for their like. So let me maybe start from the beginning. Pickup truck, Rivian Motors, Tesla sedan, Lucid Motors, pickup truck, Lordstown, long haul semi truck uh, from Nicola, and then like a automated nerd van from Canoe Inc. Twenty eighteen, two point four billion. Fisker's back in the game with four and a half billion and a uh, Range Rover type car. Looks dope. Nio out of Shanghai, 2014. $67 billion? Tencent holding a oh, notable backer. So 52 grand for a five seat SUV. Loss of 1.6 billion in 2019. It's not that bad. Not bad at all. Jeez. Faraday in future. Uh, nerd. Uh, what would you call it? It's almost like a station wagon. Unknown valuation 2014. Zpeng. Another Tesla. 2015 with 39 billion. Like, what are we doing, folks? Makes you realize, wow, yeah, Lee Auto, 2015, 31 billion. And we're behind this game, though we're leading it with Tesla. Very interesting that the Chinese just dump money into things to brute force, you know, outcomes. Whereas we're much more in America capital efficient, maybe not capital efficient, but we outsource, we de decentralize R&D so that multiple, you know, that, that, and there's one more, let me just finish, from London, which is a bus company, which is hilarious, 5.4 billion since 2015, um, like the city bus. So which one, Neo, Li, and Jinping, so 40 billion plus 30 billion is 70 billion, Plus 67 is 130, almost 140 billion between three car companies. So think about just that's just paying for people, equipment, space, right? And then that's gotta be, a, that's more than all the other American ones combined, which is still startling. But it is interesting that. There, there must be clearly way more than just three. These are the top three from China. Um, but it dwarfs, I don't know what to make of their, their financial investments, dwarfing American investments, yet, which would be pause for concern. But then you have 
a bunch of really nice, and I followed a couple of these companies, like, they could make it. All they need is capital to figure out their shit. They're going to merge and get acquired, and they're going to make it. The talent is going to stay and move behind the winners. Um, very different model. Very different economic model. Socioeconomic model, really. How China will almost tend to their economic economy as, a, as if it's a garden. Picking weeds and fertilizing other crops. Picking the winners and putting political resources behind a winner. And, I mean, there is no way that Alibaba grew organically that much, that fast. Because organic sales don't occur that rapidly. You, you, um, there's, these companies are not, their technologies are not so profound that there could not have been very similar competitors in the early stages across the board. In fact, tons. The ones that win, I almost guarantee this, in China, get the venture capital, which is blessed by the, of the local party boss. He, there are no she's, Chinese. When are we going to get a Chinese female premier? They, and, and so on and so forth, up the chain of command. You don't get big money in China without getting the without kissing the ring of Xi Jinping or someone that kisses his ring. It's just not going to happen because in China, and it's been stated as such by Xi Jinping, when he destroyed the Ant IPO, biggest IPO in the world in history, if I'm not mistaken, and Xi Jinping said. In response to Jack Ma, the most famous entrepreneur, the Bezos of China, who's only richer than Bezos because there's more people in China, and Amazon can't compete in China. I'm sure he's a great businessman, but Jeff Bezos would also have that kind of wealth if he had access to that market. But, you know, first off, Let's be real. We know where all of the hardware infrastructure comes from in China. The knowledge of how to build it and architect it. It was stolen 10 years earlier from the labs of Berkeley, which led to, you know, wherever. They just vacuum up everyone's information all the time and then see if they can use it later. But all these, the reason, the reason, and let's be real, let's be real. The reason there's Chinese, uh, car manufacturing startups on the list is only because they stole everything they could from everybody else in the world that did it. They built a lot of their cars for them early on, stole whatever they could separately, and started doing it themselves while blocking out the rest of the market or putting a heavy burden on, on any foreigner. So that's a 
you know, shitty move. But, you know, it's not like Tesla or anyone overpaid for their services. They were there because they were cheap. But China got all this IP out of it, too. So all of their underpinnings of the, the, the their economic growth right now, technology, was stolen from across the world. Now, at the same time, that's not to discredit the, you know, not by the average Chinese worker, obviously, right? But the IP is handed to, you know, friendly CEOs. And I'm sure it happens everywhere, right? Hey, you should take a look at this. And honestly, how do you how do you not take advantage of that? You know, if you're a patriot, it's hard to say no. So, but I guess they just do it so much more. They're stealing, they're not inventing a lot of their own stuff. They're inventing solutions to problems on the platforms that other people invented down the down the uh, roads that other people have, you know, discovered. And so their ability to manufacture at at immense global scales is is beautiful. It's wonderful. It is the most beautiful thing. It's so beautiful, you got to put nets on iPhone factories. But from a certain perspective, it's very, it's certainly impressive, you know, oppressive too, obviously. And... Jinping does not care about his about the money. It's only about power in China. There is no human interest considered. There is no freedom fought for from within any faction of the government. At least a government that's fighting itself to be more free is progressing. There is no opposition to the Chinese leader. Except, right now, let's be honest, globally, Trump and Putin. Putin seems to be a dispassioned third party, obviously weary of China, but... Uh, happy to have a common enemy that they must coordinate to defend against, being America. And so there's a balance of power there, them two versus America. But the only person, but Russia can't do anything against China. They're positioned to not be destroyed by China. They cannot aggress against China without being destroyed. They're very equal in might. I would say, uh, the Russians with less resources, but more ingenuity, and the Chinese with sheer resources. They will build a fucking aircraft carrier just to, <laughs> you know, like while it's floating in sea. Um, and so this guy, and we know this isn't hyperbole, because Xi Jinping shuts down Ant's IPO because Jack Ma said some made fun of the uh, made fun of the state's ability to structure finance deals. He made like one or two or three you know 
offhand comments, frustrated by the whole process, and assuming that his delicate, though honest words, would not anger anyone enough to cancel the biggest IPO like ever and the one that was going to launch effectively globally the new Chinese stock market and Jeeping's like no uh look at oh oh we didn't tell you yes yes look there's this number the percentage you had to have on hand to loan out money the percentage of a loan you had to keep in cash for every loan you made Oh, and it went from like 3%, so you can have, to, to lend $100, you have to have $3 in the bank, to like 30 which completely crippled, destroyed their projections, which destroys your filing papers, which destroys your window to file, which ultimately just changes your company completely. And would to to replan and refile and reproject everything would take a year, and may not be worth it because of the profitability loss and profitability. And so, like, what? And that's the power move that Xi Ping made. He shot his thumb off, or broke it. He. Uh, Jack Ma looking quite literally like a thumb, like a human thumb. Looked him in the eye, put his thumb on the table, and smashed it with a hammer, and did not blink to prove to China, everybody in China, don't get excited about these big numbers and our national economy you do not participate that is the property of the chinese communist party all wins are the property of the chinese government party losses will be dealt with accordingly because those are the problem of uh vile and uh corrupt bureaucrats that must be thrown in the gulag for their crimes against I me mean, really they're just not doing their job as effectively as they could. And they're gone, physically removed forever, and some other new ant is put in its place. And Xi Ping, don't fuck around. He doesn't care about the money. This is all the, 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 the economic and political and military extensions of China serve the same purpose in three different ways. They're not independent expressions of a culture. They are they are vines that were pruned and fertilized with from the same same center and I bet you you know there's there's ways to do it obviously there's ways to do it but you don't get 30 billion dollars in China if you ain't playing ball with Xi 
you cannot say no to Xi for $30 billion, period. Here you could tell a senator to go fuck off if he doesn't, and he could make your life a living hell, maybe, or you'll come to some agreement. There's no central power structure like there is in China. Now, there's a political party that's trying to... that states that they want the same that lauds the Chinese government and does not hold them to account and gives them freedom to reign and mimics a lot of their social procedures and idolizes them, really, without being so blatant about it. And that ain't the Republican Party. So, you know, I am pro-American, anti-communist. Okay, anti-jihadist, anti-communist. That's really the core of my beliefs. Anti-American, I am pro-American, anti-inefficient capitalism, anti-communist, anti-jihadist. Those are kind of the moral compasses I'm clutching to right now as the world veers into chaos. It's incredible to see the rhetoric on Twitter and then the rhetoric on commercial TV. So there is a tension brewing, and I don't know what to do about it. No one listens to me. I have 10 people listen to the show, which I am very thankful for, each and every one of you. Thank you so much. But what can any of us do? It will blow over. It's not going to succeed. Like, Joe Biden's a joke, and everyone's got cell phones. The extent to which you need the president and the federal government is almost completely on you. It might be harder for some, for but a lot of that's based on where you live. So if you live in a cultural ghetto and i mean that like it's like a mon- a homogenous ethnic mix that includes like types of modern uh what would you call it socioeconomic pockets parts of chicago neighborhoods in chicago like hipsters can live in a cultural ghetto because they don't interact with other cultures, right? You got to get out of that. And the biggest thing you do is move out of a big city and move to a smaller city. That's where the action is going on right now. Like, yeah, Chicago downtown might fucking, like, get 
it's going to get looted again for sure, right? And we all know these mayors aren't doing anything. They want the cities to be destroyed. Okay. Have your city. Well, that got real cheerful. Let's talk about masks and vaccines. Bro, if anyone comes near me with a needle, I'm going to lose my mind. Hey, do you want to watch me lose my mind? Try to vaccinate me. Try to vaccinate me. See what happens. I'll take my chances. Oh, I can't go see Rihanna? Oh my God, what am I going to do? I can't see Beyonce? Oh, without a vaccine. What am I going to do? Oh no, give me those vaccines. Get the fuck out of here. All these NPCs are going to go vaccinate themselves. And, like, if we're lucky, it's just going to be a bunch of sugar water. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, here you go. Yes, the bad flu. It's just so dangerous. There's nothing in there. You'll be fine anyway. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, everybody is testing positive for COVID, I guess. Like, literally anybody can get tested, and your odds of being tested positive are, like, 30 to 40%. Because these tests are being run so bad that it is detecting anything resembling coronavirus broken up anywhere in your blood at this point. At this point, it's it's called the cycle threshold. And it's way too high. Anthony Fauci said no higher, no higher than 25 times should you amplify the virus. People are doing it 40 to 50 times. And they're finding nothing, but it triggers the sensor all the same. So, and oh my God, the cringiest thing I've ever heard in my life. Bro, oh my God. Rashida Jones has a podcast with Bill Gates, and it's the worst thing to listen to because Rashida's like playing at a PBS liberal and hitting the cadence of and style, talking in the style of <clears throat> a voice actor that's introducing a topic, doing some sort of investigative journalist, and then you have. And then you have Bill Gates' voice, which is the nerdiest voice in the universe. And he's like, oh, well, let me think about that. You know, and the the thing is, uh, the man has the most insane voice you've ever heard. And it's just gotten, like, nerdier. And 
And then guess who stops by? Guess who's just walking down the street? Hey, it's Tony. Hey, Fauci, come on in. We're getting vaccinated. Woo! And then it's Tony Fauci and Bill Gates talking to each other, agreeing in violent agreement with each other, while Rashida Jones tries to make this a pleasant experience and has probably is the best part about this whole thing. And they're just like, oh yeah, I told her. <laughs> like, at one point, Bill's like, yeah, you think that like they would need a really uh, sophisticated website to take in all that data, but you know, I talked to the CDC and I don't think that they're gonna get it done in time. And you know, with all the data, you know, and. Tony goes, oh, yeah, uh, Bill, I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, the, the, the great thing about data is that you can uh, inject it just like a vaccine. It, uh, people, most people don't know that data is injectable. So, Corona. And then Rashida's like, in that stupid PBS, like, almost slight whisper. Oh, that's a really interesting idea. Like, you're in the back of a coffee shop in a college town, like, doing a live podcast. Like, they all have that same tone. Like, they're in the library, even though they're in a booth with that's meant for this. And she's, you know, leading this conversation. And, and I'm like... And then, and these two are talking about how there's no fucking cheap preventative mass producible cure just before I listened to the Candace Owens show while I was raking the leaves and this doctor was on saying how hydrochloroquine is like the safest thing it keeps it from it's a prophylactic which they don't explain they have no idea doctors have no idea that nobody understands anything they're saying and so I still don't actually know what the word prophylactic is I don't even know if I'm saying it right but it's a type of drug you're supposed to take constantly regularly for just to prevent the thing from occurring and hydrochloroquine is something everyone takes twice a month to prevent it's like a advil in her home country and ghana i think and i can't recall but uh it's like super safe it's worked she's seen it work it's saved people's lives she's put a whole like network of doctors together so you can get it anywhere you want because it's become uh it's become uh uh politicized you know trump likes it therefore it's like pouring bleach in your lungs and you you know like the derangement that is uh corporate media um can we just sue them all like man i just want to sue jake tapper and jim acosta how sweet would it be if someone bought cnn how (laughs) how sweet would it be if Trump buys CNN and turns it into TNN, oh, <laughs> Trump needs like same color, same everything, new people, you know, and it's just like Steve Bannon, and he's like, you know, literally falling apart from too much whiskey. Yeah, who would be on Steve Bannon? Uh, who's the guy with Nixon on his back who got busted in by the FBI? Uh, remarkably good looking for being like 60 years old he looks like he's 30 um all the characters though uh miller and you know 
they just bring Alex Jones on and give him a half hour spot. Oh my God. Could you talk about printing money? Go burr. Burr money print. And that's all the time we have today, folks. I went about 15 minutes longer until I realized I get maxed out at an hour. And it got a little too spicy, so I'm very glad to walk it back. Send me any comments you might have on Twitter at AminiCorp. God bless to all, and to all, a dark winter. All right, folks, I'm not going to lie to you. This is one of my best episodes ever. I get into it. Nothing is off limits. We cover everything. I am at my peak here. All right, so this is the finest AminiCorp you're going to get for an hour. You're welcome. And thank God you don't have to be married to me. All right, let's get into it.